The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with Caller Interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm network and my name is Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show is about chronic health issues and what I call the intuitive titanic syndrome. Have you ever found yourself having one problem after the other, after the other, after the other, and you're like, why me? Do you find yourself in one catastrophe after another? The relationship bites the dust? Somebody in your family keeps giving you problems. You got laid off or worse yet, fired. Company went out of business. Fourth son of your parents or your child's giving you trouble. And so on and so on. One catastrophe after another, one health problem after another. And no matter what you do, you seem to solve another problem, one problem. And there again, there's another one soon to follow. Today, I'm going to show you the mind, body, and medical intuitive solutions to these chronic crises and life catastrophes. This is, again, Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, on mindbodyspirit.fm podcast. We're taking your calls after the first stint here. 207-846-6475, 207-846-6475. for free mini readings. But if you're shy, if you want a private two-hour reading, you can go email me, MonaLisaMD at me.com or call 207-846-6475 or go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com. And remember, subscribe to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa podcasts on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, this forum is education only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, and do psychotherapy. Please, please, please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. If you're in an emergency, go directly to the emergency room. Call directly a physician or other practitioner to save you. So I'm sure we've met these people whose lives seem like albatrosses are circling 
just waiting for them to just stop, to stop. I give one problem after another, after another. I remember on Saturday night, <coughs> on Saturday night, there used to be this show, Hee Haw. And there was a song called, If It Weren't For Bad Luck, I'd Have No Luck At All, Loom Despair and Agony On Me. You know, it's true. In astrology, they call it the Saturn return, the dreaded Saturn return. It's interesting. The metaphor in astrology, Saturn is restrictions or authorities. And who likes authority? Who likes restriction? Well, apparently you do. If you have no backbone to support, you fall over. But everything in our life comes in twos. I've got two feet, two chest walls, a heart has two chambers, and so on and so on. And spiritual metaphors also have yin and yang and opposites. Saturn has Jupiter. Jupiter is expansion, and Saturn is constriction. So you can move and go expand all you want. Everybody likes expansion. Or some people don't. If you're obsessive and compulsive, you like to contract and put everything in line. Obviously, you can tell. I like expansion. But there are times when you need to contract and have things more under control. So you expand, contract, expand, contract. Saturn is expand. Ju excuse me. Sa uh, Jupiter is expand. Saturn is constrict. So you understand, we need that. Sometimes we need to... Return to constriction, loss. And in fact, there are periods of time in our life when we lose stuff. Since the time you're born, you lose stuff. You lose brain cells. Yes, you do. I remember last Sunday, there are these animal shows on TV. It's amazing. There was one about a praying mantis. Praying mantises, when they're born, they go through like six or seven clothing changes. Can you imagine? They're molting. So just when they grow a little bit, they're like, I'm done with that outfit. And you can imagine the new one must be very delicate and rip easy. And I'm sure maybe they don't talk about it during the show, but maybe a lot of them don't survive the new clothing change. And, you know, there's always wardrobe malfunctions during the Super Bowl and everything, and they're usually during clothing changes. It's never fun. It's never pretty. It's humiliating. And during life changes, it can be humiliating and embarrassing. Puberty, our voice changes, and so on and so on. But no one wants a clothing malfunction, and no one likes life malfunctions, where we lose something so we can gain the space for something else. Today on the Today Show, you're going to love this. About two years ago, 
this woman, Marie something or other, I'm not going to use her last name because she created a whole empire, whole empire on decluttering. Gotta love this woman. You go to her website, she's got these little boxes you put in the drawer. They fix it. It's precisely. She's got the brown ones, the yellow ones, the beige ones, the bamboo ones. They're incredibly attractive. They are systems. And you say to yourself, gee, I wonder how many bottle movements a year this woman has. Well, apparently, <laughs> I'm sorry, maybe you don't ask the question, but I do. I remember, because obviously I am Jupiter expansion and not so much constriction, although I am pretty controlled. If anybody's seen my Dewey Decimal System kind of notebooks and stuff, everything's tabulated. But suffice it to say, I do have a Virgo ascendant. Suffice it to say, um, now apparently Marie has changed. She got the memo. What was the memo? <laughs> motherhood motherhood because that works if you're living alone in your little apartment you know where nobody's in your stuff or up your stuff right so today we got um well some clutter is creative well then i you know must be creative now i'm trying to say that any piece of article of clothing or t-shirt i'm a t-shirt person today is about clouds this is uh anime shirt i'm into anime but anyway so apparently clutter is creative and flowing and they had marie on there and apparently marie's had some children in there love that and instead of getting rid of something well i guess she's gotten rid of some of her career because <laughs> and some of her control and that must have been like a titanic for her which is today's show it must have been like a crash into the iceberg of reproduction. Yeah, yeah. Because as soon as you have all of your little drawers with your um, measuring tape, certain kind of measuring tape, and the different kind of scissors, small, medium, and large, pinking shears and stuff like that. I remember one year, my mother's a sewer, and she had these big, huge, big ass scissors and it was just inconvenient for us to go out into my father's shop to get a hammer so we just i did because this is i'm a creative person you know i borrowed one of her large large scissors or shears and i used it as a hammer to put up the volleyball net the, the end got a little tip there so <laughs> you can imagine if someone is got a problem with control that I would be right up their ass. And on the other hand, for someone who apparently is berserko, the chickens always come home to roost, don't they? Because I've gotten used to a certain amount of entropy in my life disorder and I've learned how to surf with it. You know what I mean? So you drop an egg on the floor. That's okay. You look around. I got a ruler here. You take the ruler and you just smear it on any paper near you. And then you get rid of it right away. That's how I clean that one up. Use Windex or whatever's near you. And we're done. That would make someone horrified. They would first thing they'd say is who drops an egg on the floor? Because, you know, they're flinging with me. However, when you get older, or to a certain time in your life, 
at a critical phase, there becomes a lot of things that you're dropping. Maybe some finances, a relationship or two, a job, the economy, a health problems soon to go. And then all these symbols for that arrive. The plumbing goes, there's a flood. The garage, a tree falls on it. One thing after another. And you go, am I on the Titanic? Did the boat just crash? My life is going down the toilet. I'm not the only people. I'm not the only person like this. I know I'm not. I know it's one thing after another, after another for people these days. And they're like, I don't know if I can handle it. Not everybody is at a Saturn return. You want to hit the astrologist in the head. Go, and don't tell me it's a Saturn return. I don't want to hear it. Okay? Don't. And don't tell me we have to wait for the end of Mercury retrograde. Because Mer Mercury retrograde couldn't have been going on for two years. Used to be in some cultures, you went to somebody, you gave them a lock of hair, a hundred bucks and a biscuit, and said, get rid of the curse. Or in some cultures, Italian and Portuguese and others, you say, who put the madre on me, which is um, the evil eye? Um, there's actually a kind of feng shui. Um, it's a, a bagua mirror where you can shine it on somebody property to get them to move so you wonder did someone put a bhagwan mirror in my direction because it's making everything just go to hell in a handbasket so has this been going on to you and why is that after you've gone to the astrologer because i'm trying to find a good one they go what the hell when is it going to end <laughs> Why is it happening? Well, you know, now that's kind of hard because that means that you have to wait for the next time it's going to happen again. And that means that you're kind of at the mercy of this diagram of these stars. And it can't be that way. Do you know what I mean? There has to be another thing. And though I believe that every intuitive system, whether it's tarot cards, astrology, anything, those are like cue cards for our intuition. But really, it's talking to our higher soul, the divine, that's a direct route. I used to know this famous Grammy winner, a singer, she sang these songs all the time, over the, they were, you know, platinum records. But when she got on stage, she'd forget the lyrics. So she had cue cards. And then she'd reconnect to that rote part of her that goes directly from her temporal lobe, language area, auditory area, to the limbic system, to her heart, to the divine, as I hit my mic, to the divine. 
But every once in a while, we stop listening to that celestial, spiritual GPS system in the sky. That used to be a song, Spirit in the Sky, or whatever that song was. Um, you just kind of lose contact with it. You get involved in, I don't know, decluttering your house. And that gets in the way that formulating your next um, kitchen drawer strategy system, <laughs> if you will. I looked her website. I thought it was brilliant. But then she had kids. Life throws a curveball. And then the spirit and the divine comes in. And you think you're losing your mind because things start getting lost, like pinking shears. There's a famous comic. Um, he used to say, he used to make fun of mothers and things they used to say, where's my good, fill in the blank, where's my good measuring tape? Not the one with the 11 inches missing in the middle, the good one, not the bad one. That was what my mother used to say. Where's my good? Everything was her good. She didn't say, where's my bad? There were things that was always said. And, you know, I was always kind of messing it up on some level, you know, using it for something it wasn't used. Suffice it to say, then you get to a phase in your life when you start to lose your good marriage, your good health, your good finances, your good stock portfolio your good left or right breast, your good thyroid, your good hair, your good weight, your good parents, your good children. Where's my good mood? <laughs> Optimism. And slowly by surely, like what happens in a kid, you start to lose your ever-loving mind. But you have to understand that kids lose their mind all the time. Since the moment they're born, there's programmed cell loss. Removing non-essential synapses in their brain so they can have a clear signal. They don't say, I don't want that to be lost. I need that synapse back. They don't know any better. They don't know they need that connection in their brain for where are my good tweezers? <laughs> they don't even know they need tweezers. So you can imagine that that clutter expert, all that stuff that, where's my good, has gone out the window because someone threw up or puked on it. There's a famous song, Moon Shadow. We value our sanity, we value our mates, we value everything. And we want it all to stay intact. I have a friend who used to call me up every morning, an intuitive, who said, just let me know, just tell me. that No, it wasn't a question, is this going to happen? Just tell me that my husband will not die before me. Well, given that he had three forms of cancer already and he was 10 years older than her, and he was afraid of death. That was a tall order. But she wanted vitamin R reassurance. 
don't, can you please not have that loss? Well, it's not my department. It's not my gig. So that now it's you. There are things off limit for you. You don't want God, God, the universe, or whatever you believe in to take your left breast, your right breast, your foot, your plumbing. Not today. It's just a bad time to lose the car, a child, or something else, let alone one after the other. That's the Titanic syndrome. There's a great song called Moon Shadow, emphasis on the shadow. Because people think the moon, oh, 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 meaning it's menstrual, it's spiritual. It's lunar. No, we're talking about darkness, night. In the shadow, the dark part of it, you can't see your way through it. And the song was written by Cat Stevens, when he was in the life-threatening form of tuberculosis. And he was just trying to hold on to his sanity and what organ function he had. And he imagined that he was cutting his light down to the sheer essentials. Now we think of an essentials, I can't give up my, used to be my Blackberry. Now it's, I can't get rid of my cell phone. Couldn't do that. Where's my cell phone? Gotta go all the way home and get it. Contact lenses. I can't go to work with glasses. Can't do that. And so on and so on. The beginning of the Hebrew Jewish prayers, when you get up in the morning, you thank God for opening up your orifice so you can pee, poop. You thank God for first waking you up, keeping you awake, returning your soul, making you pee, being able to pee, poop, and do everything. It's interesting, after learning all those prayers, I realized that I had been saying them as a appreciation for many years because in 2012, when I died, I lost the ability to urinate. I became incontinent. For years, I've had trouble staying awake. So every time I stay awake, I thank God. Every time I can urinate, I thank God. Every time I can hold my bowel movements, I thank God. And I went, something going on here. <laughs> Moon shadow is about losing the essential parts of one's life. If you look up on the web, you find out when you are alone in the dark, you feel definitely alone. But it's because you can't see the other people who are also dying in the Titanic. Because terror is very isolating. Because, of course, it's the dark night of the soul. That existential crisis. So if um, I'm just flying on a moon shadow, moon shadow, jumping and hopping. Why the hell would he be jumping and hopping? It's a song about loss. Is it? woman with MS talks about it. A woman whose mother uh, had a stroke. A guy who suffers from Vietnam. If I ever lose my hands, I won't have to, if I lose my land, someone who goes bankrupt, I won't have to work no more. So he's looking at the positive side of every loss. Okay, but that's the first one. There's something next. If I ever lose my eyes, so your sense of being able to insight, your brain. The woman at MS goes, I know what that's like. <laughs> 
I got uveitis, I went blind, blah, blah, blah. I won't have to cry no more. Ever I ever lose my legs, I've lost my legs. The guy in Vietnam, because I went paralyzed because of one of the, it's a long story. You've heard it. It's boring. Um, the guy from Vietnam talked about seeing all kinds of his fellow soldiers, he has PTSD, having their legs blown off. There's no such thing as the suffering of Olympics. Everyone who's freezing in the, in the water alone, in the dark, they didn't have floodlights saying, okay, you're not alone. <laughs> we, we're going to show you lights on you so you don't feel alone freezing to death. No, we all feel alone in our unique crisis. He saw people's legs get blown off. So this pot spoke to him. If I ever lose my legs, I won't moan and I won't beg. And that's the way I feel about it. I refuse. If I have to crawl, I refuse to get up. I won't moan and I won't beg. It is your dignity that will help you move forward. Learn to paddle. Maybe it's not that work. It's another form of work. I won't have to cry no more because you'll get another sight of it, the way of looking at it. If I ever lose my mouth, all my teeth, this is Cat Stevens, this Yusuf Islam, change his name, all my teeth north and south. The lady with what your mother had a stroke and she lost her ability to speak. We're not alone. I won't have to talk. And then he cleverly, it says no more. How long did it take for you to find me? The spirit alight. So what the end of the song is talking about, how long did it take you to find the spirit illumination in the dark? Because that's the whole point of being on the Titanic, falling off. You're in the dark, feeling like you're dying. Will you stay the night? Meaning, will you survive? So we're all, when we're in the midst of this, we all feel, can we survive as we feel other people's pain as well? I ask you, I submit to you. To show the Titanic, the movie, one incredible, Celine Dion sang the song in one tape, My Heart Will Go On. In the end of the movie, we see a single older woman alive. We think that's it. That's the only one who survived. And she's got her china with her. Apparently, I don't know how she got her china on the boat, but she got her china on the boat and she survived. The question is, how many people, the symbol of catastrophe, the Titanic, you're going down like the Titanic. How many people died on the Titanic and how many people lived? Percentage-wise. There were a thousand people on the Titanic. I rounded up or down. I don't remember. It's probably down because that's the symbol of it. You know, it's got to be down. They don't have saying, we'll round it up. No, it's going to be rounded down. There were approximately a thousand people on the Titanic. 750 people died. 250 people lived. That's 25%. That's amazing. That's a lot of people. <laughs> we don't talk about them. No, we don't. We think it's universally fatal. Incidentally, 
I just found out recently, the surgery I had in 2012, I died. I didn't realize the major vein in the body, the inferior vena cava ripped. How's that happen? Like a zipper coming apart? No, it never happens. The point of the matter is that's where they put rods in that are titanium, like the Titanic, that are supposed to be indestructible, like the Titanic was. There's a little snippet about that one. But however, very rare, 2% of all surgeries does the inferior vena cava rip. 75%, like the Titanic, remember, 75% people died. If your inferior vena cava rips or leaks, whatever, 75% people died. Like the Titanic, they go down. They don't scream, you're going down like the Titanic in the OR. They go crazy. They eventually die in two and a half weeks in the ICU of triple organ failure. 25% live. That's the same percent of people on the Titanic. 250 is 25%. It's the same. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. When you're in the midst of this catastrophe, you feel it's awful. I found out recently I was like the Titanic. I did go down in the first 10 minutes. And the surgeon said, can you imagine? She's the one that had the IVC, inferior vena cava complication. And the residents and the fellows, their faces fell. And I looked at the surgeon. This is the way you handle it when you have this life-threatening event. Because you have to put other people at ease because they feel you have leprosy and it will catch. That's the first thing. You know it's true. You're like, don't go near her. Everything's dying. You say that minimization. That's we, you and I had that thing in the OR. You know, that thing people keep talking about. We had our moment, you and I. It's over with. It's past. I'm still here. You're still here. We move it through. Why do you minimize it? Because when you're a catastrophe, when you're typhoid, Mary, people isolate you and they leave. Don't do that. Because to get support, when, to get in another lifeboat with someone, you need safety and security. You minimize the problem, even though it's terrible. Go home and cry. You go, oh, this is nothing. Cry later. Because you need support. Don't be a Debbie Downer. When you're flooding and things are floating out of your basement, you go, you know what? I didn't really need a water heater. <laughs> We're using Bunsen burners in my house now. We're going back to the science lab. Humor is called irreverent humor. Laughing in the face of the rogue wave is a way of survival. But in the end, Get support, get medical care, get financial care. But in the end, 
try to find out that line of purpose in life. Why is this happening? What is the truth? If the first time you get it, don't get it. Second, third, fourth. If I lose my hands, if I lose my land, I won't have to work no more. Is this, is this the right work for you? If I ever lose my legs, I won't have to walk no more. The song by Diana Ross, do you know where you're going to? What is your purpose in life? Are you going in the right direction? Do you keep getting flats? Does that car keep breaking down? Don't keep just changing the car. The one common denominator is you, the driver. Mouth, eyes. If there's a disaster after disaster, the one commonality is you. Do you know where you're going to? What is your purpose? Reevaluate it. A great way of doing it, though morbid, hey, we're talking about Titanic here, is create a will. Do redo your will. It's a way of looking at appreciating what you got and who you're going to live it, give it to. It is a great tool because you get to go around your house and look at what you've created. Big, huge. You'll be crying, but you'll go, wow, I created this. And then there is the difference between constriction of holding on everything because you're thinking about giving. That's ticking all along. How to put back the pieces of an imperfect world and that you're one of them. But last but not least, Understand that you may not know why it's happening. You may simply never know why it's happening. So I broke a rod. I broke one of the titanium rods that they put in my spine when, you know, I almost bought the farm. How do you break a titanium rod? I've fallen a lot. I broke bone, didn't break any bones, but I broke a rod. 7% of people, when they have titanium rods, they break. 7%. Um, they don't want to do anything about it. Well, they say if it hurts, but I think they don't want to go back in again because, you know, I tend to die. <laughs> However, I got this rod that's broken and there were two pieces in there and I'm on blood thinner. So uh, so they said, there's nothing to worry about as they're saying in a high-pitched tone. <laughs> very, 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 um, it really makes you feel secure. So you know what I did? Look at fear right in the face and go, I won't moan and I won't beg when you are on the Titanic of all these problems. Even though the people around you, the doctors are saying, it's nothing to worry about. It's nothing to worry about. Your intuition is saying it's plenty to worry about. I said, that's great. If having a broken rod in my back on blood dinner next to the vein that blew in 2012 isn't anything to worry about. I'm taking up cycling again. <laughs> what? I haven't cycled in four in for four years because I was afraid of falling. But you know what? I got nothing to lose. I got a broken rod in my spine. I'm blood thinner. And hey, if falling isn't a problem, what's the worst case scenario? I could break another rod. I tend to do them. What else do I have to lose? And yet another song.
if being free means you have nothing left to lose, me and Bobby McGee. And of course, she died of an overdose. Janis Joplin. However, what have I got to lose? I die, come back, die, come back, die, come back. You can say she went. She went sailing into the distance. She went fully alive. Don't stay on the boat going down. Get out of the boat. If it's sinking like the Titanic. Get into the surf and go out with gusto. Do you know what I mean? Put on a helmet. Be careful. If you fall, get up. Now, you might say, Mona Lisa, that's not quite careful, but it definitely communicates to the people who says, this is not anything to worry about. Right. So now they get to say, well, you know, I wouldn't bite. Really? You said there was nothing to worry about. To do that involves being fierce. And I said, you've inspired me. Carpe diem, or however you say it. Carpe diem, seize the day. Because if I'm going down the ship, I'm not alone. Because there's all kinds of people who hear the message in moon shadow. Hippin' and hopping on a moon shadow. You jump with joy. It's not a bad song. It's a song of joy. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we've been talking about the intuitive Titanic syndrome. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa. If you want to know more about this, you can go to my book, All Is Well. Yeah, it can be. Or Heal Your Mind. Crises Definitely Change Your Mind from Mysticism. That's my next book coming out called The Mystical Molecules. How crises alter your brain and your body to be able to acquire mystical states and divine insights. For a private reading, go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com. I'm putting the phone back on the hook, if it works, because I did a live, people know, I did a live, a weekly live call-in show every other week. It's on Instagram or Facebook. You can call in on that show. We got a phone issue going on here. I'm really sorry. How can I be of help? Unmute your lines, please. Anybody got a question? Anybody had a Titanic syndrome? Anybody got a phone that's working? Cat got your tongue? People are afraid. They're very afraid. Yes, Lisa, who troll? How can I be of help? Tell me your crisis. How are you? How are you? I'm actually good. I went biking today. And I put it on a video and I put it on Instagram. You can see me. I had somebody tape it. You can see it's a little, I don't look like I did when I was on the racing team at Brown. I look a little um, little frozen, but I'll get better because my legs are still paralytic on both sides. I still fall on the bike. How do you fall on a three-wheeler? I don't know how that happens, but I've fallen on it. So don't, it's, in, it's pretty humiliating. But anyway, how can I be of help? Because I'm sure you've had your falls in your life. How can I be of help? Yes. So I so related to what you were saying. And I was wondering if it also comes in connection with crossroads in life as well. Because I feel like I'm in a crossroad. I'm just trying to figure everything out. How old are you? How old are you? 40. Okay. What you do, want to find out what the crossroads is? Okay. This is what you do. You take lesson 
nefesh, I think is how you pronounce it. Of course, I'm going to pronounce everything wrong. Um, Heshbon, C-H-E-S-B-O-N, Heshbon nefesh, which means a spiritual accounting. And how you do that is you write seven circles, one draw seven circles, one above the other. And accounting means to put percentages. So each one's worth 14%. So the way you do this, it's a quick and dirty medical intuitive reading. It's like a dashboard of your body. A dashboard has warning lights that will light up when something in your life is out of whack. Okay. Each light is worth 14% because each area in our life is approximately 14%. You can tell if something's out of whack because if you're working too much at a time in your life and it's inappropriate, um, it will parasite energy out of the other areas. So for example, if you've got kids in your life but nope, you're still keeping all of your drawers obsessively controlled and everything. You are holding on to your perception of perfectionism and mm-hmm. you're not willing to, and that's parasiting your capacity to be fourth center mother and first center have a family. So it's drawing energy away and that would cause a certain problem in certain areas of your body. Are you following me? So when I Mm -hmm. look at you, you said you're how old? 40. 40. When I look at you, so the crossroads would be, which I hate that. That's like saying stress. What's your stressor? Um, (laughs) It's so true. No, that's what medical intuition is saying. What's this? Because you go go to a doctor and they go, well, you're hypertension here. You got the cholesterol. uh, I love to say, you got the cholesterol and you're spilling the sugar. And my family, they go, well, you know, he's spilling the sugar. It's due to stress. Well, that's really helpful. Which one is it? What do you do? How much of it? Is there a stressometer? No, there isn't. Which category is it? So medical intuition tells you what area it is. It, 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 there's a warning light. Um, you're smart. School smart. But relationship, not so much. I see... Mm. Um, There's some relationship over your life where you're rejected. It's still sitting. Yeah. Big yeah. Time. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Big wait. T- wait. Don't, don't say anything. <laughs> do my I, work. I know I have a little bit of Kramer on, that's on Seinfeld with me. People are like, you know, you're like Kramer. It's really strange. Really rejected and it's still sitting with you. But you say, nope, I'm going to focus on my work, my vocation, because those are your areas of strength. So, um, it's like people who are intuitive, they'll, um, instead of taking a class on accounting and statistics, they'll say, I'm going to take another class in Reiki. They'll want to keep doing their strong suit. So you keep focusing and you work in your intellect and you'll stay away from the contralateral area in your life, which is the relationship piece. And it's probably because just like I can't pick out fruit, you can't pick out relationships namely you pick out people who don't have a clue who are not as smart as you don't do that for one you're smiling because you know exactly what i'm saying you pretend you don't know what i'm saying but you do i know you think there's i know i'm giving you a hard time i have to do a show that's slightly entertaining. 
because you know I can't be talking about people dying in ice with frozen eyes. The Titanic. I can, I can take it. I can take it. <laughs> um, if you pick people, this is at least what Dr. Phil says, and God forbid I quote Dr. Phil. If we pick people who are dependent, they will always need us, and they will never leave. But then you'll say, God, they're needy and dependent. And they'll drive us crazy. And not, not to mention the fact we'll gain weights and they will drain us of finances. <clears throat> Wrong partner. But they'll never leave you. The alternative is if you're very, very bright and you're worried that you'll be rejected or intimidated, you'll shoot low. You'll pick somebody who's not as bright as you. They will be intimidated by you. And those people tend to get aggravated after a while, feeling masculinated, whether they're a woman, a man, or a turnip, I don't care who they are. They will feel emasculated by you. And the only weapon they have over you is sexuality and rejection. Because that'll get you every time. That will be pelvis second center and so this has happened not once not twice many times because your sense of vulnerability as a woman femininity is messed up because you're smart not a common problem with women it's unfortunate this is a rare problem i'm kidding you you're not even smiling because it's sad how far did you go in school all the way. I went back like three times. I got like three diplomas. So you do the thing that you're good at. You study. I what study. I read. I I constantly soak information and I'm always doing that. Right. You do your strong suit. So six center, you go around and around and ahead. And um that's your vocation, you're a professional student because you can master it. Hmm. But right brain, divided emotional attention, finding an adequate partner who is equal trigger is hard for you because sometimes you don't know how to take your intellect and do stupid. It makes you feel vulnerable. Like, for example, if you say, I don't do that, because you know, it's just boring. It's your problem. Like watching something stupid on TV. Do you watch any stupid TV? See, you didn't watch stupid TV. See, I, I had you pegged. There's a great <laughs> show on TV called You're Dead to Me on Netflix. I looked at the advertisements and I went, I don't like that show. It looks stupid. Then I, I watched, watched it. it. <laughs> it's amazing. Did you see what they did for the companionship? They sat yeah. on the bed. And they watched that show. What's that show that used to be on? It's an old show that kids watch. It's a stupid show. And they said, who are you? And she said, I'm 2D. And I'm, you know, you're definitely da, da, da. And they would watch it when they went to Mexico. They would watch it in Spanish, which was stupid because neither one, one only one of them knew Spanish. It was just a stupid thing that they did. But it was a bonding. Like some people, when they get together, they will open up a bottle of peanut butter and stick their finger in it 
and take out gobs of peanut butter. Who does that? Friends do. Stupid friends. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. People who can go over to your house and stick their head in your refrigerator and go, what do you got? Can I have this? Well, I was thinking of thanks. <laughs> for example, for whatever reason, I've had a hankering. This is like being obsessed with Titanic for the last two years. And then, of course, I had a broken rod. Who knew of titanium? That was an intuition. I don't know who was. But and I wasn't aware of it. I didn't think, oh, this is intuitive. This must mean my titanium rod is cracked. Oh, no, I'm just playing with let's play Legos. Titanium for 12, Alex. All of a sudden, I started watching this, this show, Thank You for Being a Friend. What's it called? With Betty White and B. McCart Arthur. What's the name of that song? What's Golden Girls. Golden Girls. Yeah. It's not Thank You for Being a Friend. It's Golden Girls. It's not because I'm a golden or a girl, but the song is Thank You for Being a Friend. Travel down the road again. Your heart is true. You're a pal. You're a confidant. Gee, you think I need a friend? <laughs> and they do stupid things at night. What do they do? They have a problem. They always end up in the kitchen. And even though they're older and they have no business doing this, they eat cheesecake. They're always eating something. At night, no less. The last time I ate anything after like seven o'clock that involved calories like that. Are you kidding me? You put me in front of a firing firing squad and say, hi, it's 1130. Eat some cheesecake. I'll go. You're pre-op. You're about to go into the OR. You won't eat for 12 months. Not eating cheesecake because the way I am, I'm stupid. You have to loosen up. And do stupid. Stop spending so much time in your brain. It's parasiting your pelvis. That's a lot of peas. I get annoyed if I have to do stupid. <laughs> Anger is an important emotion. It means that a pleasurable event was interrupted. You like to mental masturbate. It feels good. I admit it does. When I sit down and put Legos together, there's a certain order to it. I agree with you. Studying neuroanatomy, there's a certain order to it. It's very, it feels good. And I'm sure that lady who does that uncluttering of houses, there's a certain order to it. It feels good. I get it. However, if it parasites other parts of your life, it smacks of addiction. That means that if you're not doing it, you're going into withdrawal. Because it gives you reward. It makes you feel good about yourself. Not that there isn't anything wrong with that. They used to say that on Seinfeld. It makes you feel good about yourself. And it releases it releases opiates. I get that. And the other things you're not as good at. Too bad. I love cheesecake. I love cheesecake. Or Oprah. I love bread. I can't eat it all the time. You can eat two points of it if you're on Weight Watchers. Two points. That's it. You get two points. You have to put yourself on a study diet. Not steady diet, study diet. And you have to have a requisite amount of nutrients 
vitamin R, you're not getting enough vitamin R relationship. Are you following me? Mm -hmm. Thank you for being a friend. Friend, travel down the road again. You're a pal and you're a confidant. The number of friends we have are like white cells in our body. We have to have count, a count of them. Otherwise, our life, health is equivalent to smoking cigarettes, 13 cigarettes a day, 13 cigarettes a day or being morbidly obese. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. But you have post-traumatic relationship disorder that made you feel unsuccessful in relationships and made you run shrieking into your area of expertise study. How long ago were you rejected? I feel like ever since I was little. No, that's global experience. That's just like saying, no. What was the most recent one? I have two. So one is my, can I say who? Um, how long were you with that person? I'm still connected. I'll always be connected with this person. It's family. Okay, wait a minute. No, no. There's another one. Not that one. Yes. The other one. See, you know what you so just the- did? Wait a minute. You just did the medical intuitive rule of three. Incidentally, <laughs> I have a seven-day class in medical intuition. It's once a year. It's in July. Go to www.drmonalisa.com. When you ask someone a question, it's never the first thing they say. They'll always go distant. Oh, it's way over there. So that temporarily it's your mother or your father or somebody like that or your third cousin twice removed. It's never the second one, though it's warmer, right? It's the first one. It's the third one. The medical intuitive rule of three. So I let people go, okay, first one. That's not that one. Not the second one. First one, that's the one. Did you get it? People would say it's always the first choice on the test you choose. See how your now your see how your face moved where before you looked like a blowfish. Your face was. Oh, I get it. So now you're moving. It. And you know what motion means to create movement. Before you weren't moving, you were frozen. <laughs> then your mouth is smirking because you don't want to talk about it, and that's okay because this show is officially done and the tape stops going. My point is, motion means to create movement. You want to do stuff that makes you feel good. I don't blame you. But the loss of this relationship made you feel inadequate and inept. And so you retreated. Well, you did what Maria did in The Sound of Music. Maria left the convent. She was an abbey. She was also a terrible nun, incidentally. And she became, um, you know, she took care of kids. Unfortunately, she fell in a nanny. She fell in love with, you know, the guy, the father who was engaged to the baroness and, you know, the whole sordid tale there. So she runs away when she finds that out because she's a good person, you know? She runs and she hides in the abbey, just like you hide in your intellects. And then Mother Superior, who I love, well, I will not bother you with her singing, says you can't hide behind the walls of this abbey just like you can't hide behind the walls of your frontal lobes (laughs) or whatever intellectual areas that you're good at. 
I feel yeah. like because I've been having a problem here. Maybe it's all connected. It's, and, oh, yeah, it's connected because I'm not reading your body because I want you to go and talk to someone about why you're not in a similar relationship to this category of person. And then I want you to get someone who finds people like that matches you up. I'm making it broadly hint. And once they've matched you to people like that person, you go to lunch with people like that, not to make them permanent relationships, but just to do um, counterphobic measures where you just have lunch. And then you talk to your cognitive behavioral therapist about the thought patterns. They make me angry. They make me angry. I'm bored. They make me angry. I'm bored. I'd rather study. I'm bored. I'm bored. They're stupid. I'm bored. They're stupid. Look at, I can tell your mouth is pursing. You're like, I can't stand it. These people make my ass switch. That's a line from French kiss. These people make my ass switch. My point is, is after you've done that, you realize you'll say they're not my type. Your type didn't work for you. So now you say, I don't have a type. You've taken your emotional marbles and gone home. Can't I feel like that. I know right away if I, someone drives me or I not. feel like it's only half of your head. Feeling is the right side. Thinking is the left side or the top and the bottom. It doesn't matter. You're only walking around with one wheel or one part of your body. I feel is half. I think. For wise mind, you have to have both, feeling and thinking. Got it? Mm -hmm. If I was feeling and intuitively correctly, I would have known that wanting to build a Titanic had to do with me have blown a titanium rod. You cannot accurately perceive what's appropriate for you. Do you get it? Mm -hmm. That's what your parents used to say. Yeah, no, it's good for you. <laughs> Yeah, still do. You, <laughs> you get what you get. That's why you get crises. That's why the Titanic goes down because you're not getting the right thing. I hope I have been of some help. Thank you for welcoming me into your day. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa. Have a great day. Do well. Be brilliant. Love a lot. And be well. Have a great week. I'll see you next week. Bye. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.